Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine three quarters topic of the week is April Fool Special the Prank Rank. Hello listeners, I'm Rhea and today we're ranking pranks. And I'm Jem, and it's April Fool's Day, and we're ranking the pranks. All the pranks. It's a prank rank. <laughs> it's a prank rank. You've been ranked. <laughs> You've been pranked. I think literally, like, one of us pitched this episode, and as soon as the word prank rank was said, it's like, oh, that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First, before we get into the episode or anything like that, I want to say a big shout out and thank you to Madeline, our new patron. Yeah! They've also sent us a lovely message about how they discovered our podcast and how they're getting into it, and that was really great to read. So thanks for getting in touch. Yes, we appreciated hearing from you, even though you were sick and a little bit delirious. That was great. We love your energy. Don't don't expose them. (laughs) The vibes, Jem. The vibes (laughs) of that email. Impeccable. Glorious. Right. So how are we going to do this prank rank? How are we going to rank the pranks? <laughs> Let's a little bit talk about what makes a good prank. What's for you is a yeah. good prank? Well, I actually searched up the definition of prank. So did I, I like, but it was boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It said a practical joke or mischievous act. I'm like, thanks, that's nothing. Yeah. Practical joke I can accept because I think it does have to have a practical element. Mm-hmm. You can't just like have a tease. A tease, I would say, is purely verbal. Yeah. Like, um, for example, I think in the research for this, I came across... An example of a prank, big quotations mm-hmm. there, was like Hagrid, yeah, like going on with the tease, being like, "Oh, Harry, I didn't know you were handing out signed autographs. Like, where's mine?" I'm like, "That's not a prank. That's, That's him teasing him." <laughs> yeah, that's just a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like bullying your friends. Yeah, um, I think a prank has to have a practical element and an intended mm-hmm. victim. Oh yes. And I think that um, these are my metrics that I'm using mm-hmm. to measure a prank. Uh, funny. Yeah. Um, comeuppance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're getting someone that kind of deserves to be pranked. Uh, creativity. Mm-hmm. And dedication. The more effort and time and planning that's gone into the prank, the more happy I usually am. Yeah. The prank. Something yeah. that required you to really think about it and plan it out and like execute it. Yeah, perfect. I also think... <laughs> alongside comeuppance is like good fun the idea of like everyone's in on the prank together and like it's all in good fun i think that can also work like alongside comeuppance or instead of comeuppance Mm -hmm. like it's just a different flavor i guess yeah yeah i can agree with that yeah but comeuppance is definitely more satisfying (laughs) oh 100 percent i'm a sucker for spite and i'm a sucker for just desserts yeah <laughs> so like i had yeah first of all it has to be a prank like i was looking up a bunch of lists of harry potter pranks as i'm sure you were and mm-hmm. a bunch of them were just not pranks 
Like one that no. I kept landing on over and over again was Fred and George stealing the Marauders map from Filch. That's not a prank. That's just a no. thing they did. Not a thing. It's nothing. <laughs> In terms <sighs> of like what's a good prank, I, I don't actually like pranks, I guess. Which is kind of a downer. So like things for, discuss this. Yeah. Things for me that I think makes a prank good, like no one getting hurt, no one being afraid for their life. Mm-hmm. Nothing that's like super public or like bullying someone. No. And like as you said, either the person deserves it and is getting comeuppance or it's all in good fun. Mm-hmm. I think like playing against a person's specific weakness and like weakness by I mean like, you know, taking somebody down a peg when they're very full of themselves, something like that. Not like, you know, exploiting your enemy's weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> something that's specifically tailored to a person that you're trying to teach a lesson or have a specific effect. That's very good. Mm-hmm. And I think something without a huge amount of collateral damage because you don't want to break everything that a person owns to teach them a prank or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, making sure that everyone involved in the prank, like, is that that you know. They're, they're people that you know and that yeah. you know how they react. Because one thing I hate is, like, seeing a TikTok trend where it's, like, someone pranks a, like, a customer service worker or something. Yes. It's, like, fucking hell. They're doing their job. Like, Leave them alone. Like, yeah, like going through the drive through and drive through and like throwing a milkshake on someone. Yeah. Like, why? That's just cruel. Or just a prank is something that you do to your friends. Yeah, don't or people you know, not strangers. Don't do it to people who are at work. Don't do it to people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't do it to people that like there's not a reason behind it. Like it's got to be like an in joke. Yeah, and I think nothing with really permanent consequences. Like cover yeah. covering your friend's car in sticky notes. Funny, harmless. <laughs> Took you hours. Takes him like minutes to get rid of them all. That's fine. Like, <laughs> throwing wet paint or something on someone's car fucked up don't do that no, that's yeah, thousands in okay. damages why would you yeah. do this yeah there we go we've got a good idea of what makes a prank good and funny <laughs> so what we've done is we've uh combed through some of the more choice pranks that occur in the high Potter series and we've mm-hmm. both made a list a short list of yeah. five pranks that we hate and we're going to mm-hmm. decide which are the worst in those Mm-hmm. Um, and then 10 pranks that we adore and decide what's the best prank. So we'll definitely definitely have an answer of what is the best prank in the series and what is the worst prank in the series by the end yeah. of this. Yeah. That sounds good. Would you like to start with one of your worst pranks? Yes. Um, this is a bit of a controversial one, maybe, but uh, the mm-hmm. Niffler in the office. Really? Okay, I had that on I had that on one of my best pranks lists. I don't like this, and here's why. So for mm-hmm. anyone who's not familiar with the context, uh, in the fifth book... While Umbridge is having her reign of terror on Hogwarts, something that Lee Jordan does is he levitates a Niffler into Umbridge's office through the open window, and it mm-hmm. it starts to like rampage the office looking for shiny stuff because she has a bunch of shiny things in here. Yeah. What results from this is that Umbridge fires Hagrid for it, thinking that he might have oh, done it. Oh no! That's not really for me. Like obviously, that's a bad consequence. It's not something that was intended for the prank. And I think Umbridge would have found mm-hmm. an excuse to fire Hagrid anyway, w- without that happening. Yeah. That's not my main reason why I don't like this prank. <laughs> my main reason why I don't yeah. like it is because Umbridge is kind of a fucked up person, and people know this. Like, Lee Jordan knows this. He knows that people mm-hmm. have their hands cut open, that people have had, like, like unjust treatment. What's to say that Umbridge doesn't walk into her office, sees a Niffler trashing her office, and just fucking kill it? Like, <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. Like, it's an animal. It's a defenseless, innocent animal in all of this. And you've, like, put it in this situation where it's going to act in a way that's natural for it, and it could be seriously hurt for that. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like it. 
you know what? You're right. Mm. Because I was thinking of this in terms of like, like the Niffler and Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Where like they're just running around and they're snatching up shiny things, like the baby ones in the second movie. Mm. And they're, it's all in good fun. I guess. Mm-hmm. But I didn't consider the fact that, first of all, you're taking an animal that you can't really communicate with and isn't really that intelligent, levitating it hundreds of feet in the air through an open window. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up already. Yeah. And then letting it loose in a room where, like, it doesn't know anything and it's just going to tear the room apart partially, I guess, from fear and confusion. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely that's got to be a factor. Mm-hmm. And then, like, letting it be found by someone who is definitely evil <laughs> like just evil and violent and yeah actually that Niffler probably died in this prank that's fucked up yeah well we don't know what happened to mm. Niffler but my assumption is like I mean if I was trying to devise a thing to ruin Umbridge's office I wouldn't do this because it's like it's animal cruelty in my opinion you can't just like grab an animal yeah, and right. do this to it and not expect that something bad might happen to it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah, not getting innocent animals or children involved in pranks, I think, is another thing we probably should have landed on. Oh, well. All right. So um, how are we ranking this in terms of, like, are we doing, like, are we using the metrics, like, funny, comeuppance, good fun, or anything like that? Or are we just going to, like, give it a general score out of 10 for, like, how bad we think it is? I think if we give each one a score, it's going to take too long. Yeah. How about we just give it, like, a ranking out of five for how bad we think it is? And then when we come to the end of looking at our bad pranks, we can sort of see maybe which okay. one is the worst. Based on- so five is yeah. the worst, one is the least worst? Yes, yes. Okay. Hmm. I feel like this this might be like a two or a three for me. Yeah, I'm going to say probably a three or four. 3.5 I'm okay. going to settle on. Just because of the animal cruelty. Yeah. Yeah, like I love trashing up his office. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. But the animal cruelty factor, mm, it's really dodgy. And also it results in someone getting fired. Yeah. I think we should, you sort of said, like, he couldn't have predicted that. That's true. But I think we should factor in yeah. the consequences of pranks as well. Because that's something that yeah. you should think about. Yeah. Just because he didn't intend for something to happen doesn't mean that you can't be held responsible for it when it happens. Exactly. Especially when, like, <laughs> this isn't a direct result of Lee Jordan. But, like, later we will get into bad consequences that are the direct result of the prank. Yes. Yeah. So I think a 3.5 is pretty fair. Uh, All right. Here's one of my worst pranks. Fred and George Weasley shoving Montague or Montague, whatever his name is, uh, into yep. the vanishing cabinet. That's... I had that one too. Yeah. Yeah. That is fucked up. That's fucked. The twins had no mm. idea how dangerous that was. He had to... Like, he was trapped in there for, I think, a day or maybe several days. He had to... He was in there for a day. Yeah. He had to apparate himself mm-hmm. out. That's dangerous already, seeing as he may or may not have been in, in Hogwarts at the time. He had to apparate into Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. He got trapped in a toilet or something, and then he was disoriented for weeks afterwards. Yeah. He, he could have died. Like, that was such an awful thing to do to someone. Yeah, that was really kind of fucked. Yeah. Like, we don't know if the twins knew it was a vanishing cabinet. But even if, like, like we said... They said they shoved him into the vanishing cabinet. They knew it was the vanishing okay, cabinet. Okay, They didn't know, like, where it vanished yeah. to or, like, anything about it. They just knew it was a vanishing cabinet and they shoved him in. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a solid five for me. <laughs> like, that's <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> like, it also leads to everything that happens with Malfoy in the sixth book. Like, he's able mm. to use the vanishing cabinet to get the Death Eaters in because of this prank. Yeah. That's such a direct result. I yeah. think it's definitely a five. Mm. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I know Montague was going to take some house points from you, but, like, one, when since when did Fred and George care about house points? Yeah. And two, is that really enough of an incentive to, like, risk someone's life? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> For me, it's just the fact that, like, the magical world has a lot of unanswered questions, <laughs> as is the function of this podcast, but they genuinely had no idea what would happen to him. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the vanishing cabinet is, where it goes, what it does. He could have just died or vanished forever. Yeah. What if he just disappeared and no one ever knew what happened to him? Except for Fred and George. Yeah. Who wouldn't have told. Yeah, that's absolutely fucked. Yeah. Anyway, imagine Montague's parents burying an empty coffin because he tried to take points from Fred and George. Fucked up. Absolutely fucked. Yeah, Fred and George appear on this list, both in the good and bad, quite a lot because they're the pranksters in the series. (laughs) Of course. I wish I had more, like, Marauder's pranks to draw from. But we don't know everything they did. Yeah. Besides the the prank, you know. <laughs> the prank. Oh my god, I forgot about the prank. Same. That's not even on my list. It's not even on my list either. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Snape. <laughs> uh, whatever. We've done an episode on that. <laughs> it's summer in the worst. Never mind. <laughs> it's a five. Okay, moving on. Um. All right. On to one. My next one. This is more of a, a, a medium one, I guess. Dung in the intro. So, yes, I had that as well. Yeah. So Percy started his new job at the ministry. He's he's taking it very seriously. He's maybe a bit pompous around the family and gloating about it all the time every day. Uh, that's annoying. But what yeah. Fred and George decide to do is send him dragon dung, is it? Or some kind of dung. Dragon dung, yeah. yeah. Dragon dung in his in-tray at work. And it's just constantly full of dragon dung. This is not cool. Like, like I know it's fun to brag on your brother because, like, he's a pompous ass and he's always bragging about how fun and important his job is. You don't need to, like, you know, take that energy to his workplace and embarrass him there. Yeah. Like, it's not okay. Yeah, it's the fact that it's his workplace. Yeah. Like, this is the sort of shit that they did when he was a prefect mm-hmm. and they were all in school together, but now he's in, like, a proper adult workspace and this is now bullying and harassment. Yeah. And, like, the fact that he obviously doesn't know that they're doing it either. Mm-hmm. Because he tries to pass it off as if, like, he was getting the dragon dung for, like, a work-related reason and it wasn't a prank. Yeah. That, to me, says that Percy doesn't know Fred and George are doing this. Maybe he thinks it's one of his co-workers. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's a little bit, you know, I hate Percy. <laughs> Percy fucking sucks, man. I like Percy. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, he betrays his family for the ministry no good but like if they had done this to him after he'd betrayed his family for the ministry that changes the whole game for me the fact that they did it beforehand it's like stuff like this was probably a factor Mm. the fact that people in his family are harassing him like you know at least work Percy is treated like an adult and taken seriously yeah Mm. Anyway, I had this, but I grouped it together under uh, the Weasley twins genuinely hurting their siblings. And I had a couple of things listed there mm-hmm. because there were too many. And I was going to waste all my worst prank space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got like basically most of the pranks that I have in worst are Weasley twin ones, except for the Nibbler one. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all of them except for the uh, Weasley. No, actually all of mine are Weasley twins. Yeah. I've got Vanishing Cabinet and then... <laughs> Four other Weasley twin ones. Yeah. But I, I guess that's a volume thing. Like, if you do the most pranks, some of them have got to go wrong. <laughs> Can't win everything. Yeah. I think I'm going to give this one a three, or maybe a two, two and a half. 
I think probably a two because there's no serious consequences. No, like, he's no. embarrassed at work, but nobody gets hurt. Yeah, and like it's not like he has to clean it with his own hands. He, he is a wizard. He's like vanish it. He can vanish it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not unsanitary to the extreme. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, it's just embarrassing. So next on my list of worst pranks, I had uh, turning Neville into a canary. That sucks. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like I it. I don't like it. It's always yeah. hit me wrong. Like even reading it for the mm. first time. I don't like, I've got a big thing about like bodily autonomy. Yeah. I really don't like anything that violates another person's bodily autonomy. It's like a, it's like a big fear and a big issue of mine that I struggle with. So yeah, the fact that they just casually like change his body into something else. Does he retain his human mind when he's in bird form? Who knows? To me, I always imagined he turned into like a big, big bird fucker kind of thing. Because it mm. says that like he, he suddenly transforms into a giant canary. And then like yeah. a minute later, he molts and he joins in on laughter. And it's like, hmm... I don't know. I feel like that's uh, Neville trying to, <laughs> trying to laugh away mm. the anxiety, you know? Yeah, he joins in on the laughter. To me, it's the fact that this happens in the middle of a party, mm. a party in the Gryffindor common room. So it's very public. Neville already gets bullied. He gets bullied I would all assume the fucking by time. Gryffindors. Yeah. yeah. And it's by Gryffindors as well as by people from other houses, Slytherin. Yeah. Like, don't, don't pick on the weak, bullied child for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, it's just mean. And it's specifically like they set him up as well mm-hmm. because Neville, I think, actually asks the twins, like, did you do anything to any of this food? And they're like, no, it's all fine. And then they're like, oh, sorry, we forgot to mention. Yeah, we enchanted the custard creams. Like, yeah, stop it. Like he if somebody calls you on your prank before you can pull it off, prank aborted like you didn't get them. They got you because they knew what you were going to do. Yeah. Doing it anyway is like, you've just now crossed into mean territory. What would have been a better alternative is they hand out these custard creams. Everyone's like, oh, what's in this? What are you guys doing? And like, oh, trust us, mm. there's nothing in your custard cream. And then there is nothing in their custard creams. And their custard creams turn the twins into canaries. And they're like, ah, look, this is our grand- brand new trick. Look how cool yeah. these things are. You can buy them. And everyone's like, oh, wait, are we going to turn into canaries? I'm like, no. We gave you guys another ones. But yeah. this, is the, this is the trick of the box. You can give people a box and you can turn your friends into, into canaries. It's like, I think that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I think if they, <laughs> yeah, if they demonstrated it themselves and then they were like, try it, it doesn't hurt or anything, it's fine. And then people can have a fun game of let's turn into canaries and it's yeah. all okay. That or giving canaries to everyone and then everyone gets turned into birds that's also fine with me like we're all just joining in on the fun yeah i don't want it to be like custard cream russian roulette <laughs> like you know someone in the room unwillingly unknowingly <laughs> yeah it's not it like just stop messing with your friends stop hurting people <laughs> yeah so this like uh what did we give pranking percy at work too i feel like this has got to be a three. Oh, this is a three because yeah. it's not it's not violent there's no trauma but like you did you did mess with neville's body without his permission or knowledge and that scares me yeah all right i'm gonna bring up one that i think might be the winner just preemptively the ton tongue toffee yep i had that one as well this is really really bad and mm. it, i'm glad that in the books it does get addressed on how bad it is yeah it's kind of horrible to see it happen in the books. Like, it's, it's scary. It's really bad. Like, I never thought it was at least bit funny. 
So yeah. for anyone who doesn't remember, of course, um, the Weasleys visit her, uh, the Dursleys' house and the Fred and George slip um, Dudley a Hong Tong toffee, which turns his tongue into like this giant, huge thing that like sprouts out of his face and he can't breathe and he's like struggling mm-hmm. to get up and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's really awful. Petunia grabs his tongue and starts yanking it out of its mouth, out of his mouth, and he's still yeah. choking on it the entire time. And it yeah. gets to something like four feet long, which is several meters, like or just over a meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of fucked up. There's lots of layers to this. There's obviously the muggle-baiting layer that, like Arthur Weasley pointed out, where mm-hmm. it's like even though you think this is a funny joke and that you think Dudley Dursley might have deserved it, like it still comes from this awful power trip place where it's like you're wizards who have yeah. this ability and you're using it to disadvantage muggles and to make fun of muggles uh two mm-hmm. there's a fatphobic element because they were like yes. oh you know he's going for these sweets like he, he was eyeing them the whole time like let's make his tongue mm-hmm. enormous it's very gross um yeah and three it's someone that they don't know they know that Dudley might have been a prat to harry but like mm-hmm. that it's not, not that's not their business they can't like fucking do this sort of shit <laughs> it's fucked yeah <laughs> Dudley is awful and he is a bully and he does deserve comeuppance. Yeah. But like, not from them. Yeah, it's the fact that it's magical. Like, what kept coming to me as an analogy when I was doing this, it's like, like if I've got a friend who's broken their leg and is on crutches and I challenge them to a foot race. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was faster than you. Like, well, that's because I have a clear advantage. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no debate about whether or not I deserved to win that race. I was deliberately taking advantage of someone that <laughs> couldn't run as fast as I could. Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. And yeah, the fat farming element is really bad because this specifically happens in fourth year Mm. when Dudley is on this very, very strict diet. Mm -hmm. And the twins know about this because Harry wrote to the Weasleys being like, they're starving me, send me food. I am, I do not need to be on this diet, help. Yeah. So the twins know that like Dudley is quite literally being starved at home. Yeah. And they like drop these toffees in front of him like oh so tantalizingly knowing that he's gonna eat one of them like it's just so cruel yeah and there's the element that like oh dudley deserved it if he hadn't you know been so desperate for food that he ate this candy that wasn't his off the floor you know like how all fat people are unstoppable monsters when it comes to food yeah yeah Uh... it's fucked up it's really not good. I, it's it's definitely a, like it's probably a six for me in terms yeah. of like how bad it is. Like yeah, ugh. I don't think we should start going off the scale because that's going to ruin everything. But yeah, it's definitely a five. It's like a clear it's five. one of it's one of the worst things that happens like to a muggle in the books. I think aside from all the death, <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good at all. So I had uh, the swamp corridor again done by Fred and George Weasley in fifth year. Oh. You don't like this. I don't like this. Okay, interesting. The reason why, there's a little bit of the element of the muggle baiting, because Filch has to deal with a lot of this. Oh, uh, So, yeah. yeah. Magically pranking a squib sucks to me for the same reason as magically pranking a muggle. But, like, the big thing is that it's just the collateral damage of it. This swamp corridor is designed to, like, distract and annoy Umbridge and Filch, but it negatively impacts other people way more than it does Umbridge. Right. Filch, because he has to ferry people across. But, like, the other students and the teachers all have to deal with this terrible swamp corridor for the rest of the year, whereas Umbridge doesn't. <laughs> it's not her problem. Yeah. I thought it was very much implied that the teachers, like Flitwick and stuff, with 
could, with a flick of their wand, get rid of the swamp. And they're keeping yeah. him up there as, like, a fuck you to Umbridge, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't see the teachers of victims of this, as victims of this. Mostly it's the students. It's the mm. fact that they now have to cross this corridor and do they have to wear bubblehead charms or is that for a different thing that happens? I don't remember. Um, I, don't uh, I think that's because of dung bombs later. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it just sucks. Like, imagine if you had to walk through a corridor every day to get to and from class and it was a swamp now. And that's something um, you have to deal with for months. I don't have to imagine. <laughs> Do you remember in our high school how there was a section of the school where to get to it, you had to walk through this narrow bridge, which is like a one-person bridge, over a stinky-ass swamp to get yeah. to it? and every time it rained, the... <laughs> you're right, we did have a swamp corridor. Every time it rained, it would flood, and it's just like, well, those classes are cancelled today. Yeah, <laughs> it was get gross. To that building. You'd, like, look out into the swamp and you'd see things moving in the water. It wasn't yeah. good. It was, like, black water full of eels. It stank. It was rank. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. <laughs> and that was, like, just getting to English class. For me, I had roll call there as well, so I had to yeah. go every day. <laughs> I also had roll call there. We have the same last name. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, I had... I had in my senior years, like almost mm-hmm. all of my classes over there, because I took a very humanities based course in case anyone was in doubt about whether I'm good at math and science. No, only books for this bitch. Yeah. I had my three Englishes and my roll call over there. The last is when I had roll call, like, oh no, I had like a zero period of English. And then at some point I changed my roll call to the library to do tutoring. So I had to go across the swamp to do tutoring <laughs> and then race back for period one english again <laughs> across the yeah. swamp that was not good <laughs> yeah i was over there for again three englishes i think ancient history society and culture studies of religion all of my fucking classes were over there <laughs> such a hassle <laughs> anyway swamp corridor sucks and is annoying <laughs> but it is Look, pretty funny i'll give it that <laughs> i'm gonna say in terms of like ranking i'm gonna give this a one i don't think it's that bad i think it's pretty funny (laughs) yeah it's it's all of its badness in the collateral damage and it is very funny so that kind of weighs it out (laughs) okay and on to my last one ron playing with the, the toy bear that fred or george wants to play with and then as punishment fred or george decide to change the bear into a mm-hmm. spider and it's Ron's hugging the bear and it turns into an awful spider. Now, was this established if it was wild magic on Fred and George's part or I believe it's wild magic. Okay. Just purely purely based on age, they couldn't have been eleven while Ron was still no. like cuddling with a teddy bear. They must have been young enough they did it accidentally. Okay, so then is it really a prank? Because it has to have intent, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I don't think this counts as a prank. It does count as the twins traumatizing their younger siblings. Okay. Well, I and actually... I don't, I don't think it's a prank. You're I, right. I originally had um the cheering up Ginny yeah. things, and then I crossed that out because I'm like, actually, no, the spider bear for me is worse. But I'll cross out spider bear and I'll go back to cheering up Ginny. That's mm-hmm. terrible, what they do. Yeah. So for those who don't remember, in the second book, Ginny's going through a rough patch, a really mm-hmm. rough time. No one else knows what she's going through, but they know that Ginny's not really warming up to Hogwarts that well. Yeah. So Fred and George come up with a plan to cheer her up, which involves either one of them jumping out at her at random intervals, covered in fur or boils and screaming at the top of their lungs. Mm-hmm. And this just makes things worse, of course, because that is not... <laughs> Why would yeah. that cheer someone up? 
So the reason why this is happening is because the message, um, the chamber has been opened, enemies of the air beware, has appeared on the walls, and people have started getting attacked. So yeah. the people at the school know that the that Slytherin's monster is roaming the castle and attacking people. And mm-hmm. Ginny is very, very scared and upset. We, the reader, later learn that this is because she's losing time and being manipulated by Voldemort's soul or whatever. Yeah. But the twins just know that, like, there is literally a monster loose in the castle attacking people. Their 11-year-old sister is terrified, and they decide to disguise themselves as monsters and jump out at her. That's fucked. That's not how you comfort your sister. It's not okay. <laughs> it's, it's just really bad. Like, it's mean. Yeah. It, she doesn't deserve it. There's no element of comeuppance or it all being in good fun. They're just genuinely messing with her. Like, I'm all for torturing your siblings. We've all done it. Yeah. But, like, Look, this is a... fun and good. <laughs> this is not okay. This is a it's bit much. Not. It's really bad. <laughs> it's taken, like, 16 steps over line. You know? Yeah. And it gets, it gets so much worse on, like, a second read mm. when you know what's happening to Ginny. Yeah. It's so bad. Like, they don't know that at the time, but you don't have to. Don't mess with your sister. She's 11. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. They would have been, like, like 13 or 14, I think, at the time. Yeah. You should know better. I'm going to give this a solid 4.5. Yeah, I was going to say 4. I think 4.5 is fair. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. That's all of my list of really bad pranks. Is, did we get through all of yours? Yes. Okay. So, what do we think is the worst? Untung Toffee, 100%. Yeah. The only thing that got as high of a score as Tong Tong Toffee is the vanishing cabinet, but I think mm-hmm. the muggle baiting and fat shaming push it way over. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's the power yeah. imbalance. Like, Montague was also a wizard. He might have been able to... Like, it's terrible what happened to him, but he, like, mm-hmm. at least had the knowledge of, like, oh, this is what the Weasley twins are, this is what they do, we're both wizards, yeah. we know each other. This was a whole nother different kettle of fish with the Dudley mm. incident. I really had no idea who these boys were. Like, he, yeah. He didn't know that this was coming, and he had no way to defend himself. Mm-hmm. Aside from not eating the toffee, which, as again, as we said, he was set up to do. They knew yeah. he would do it. There's no way that he could have defended himself or avoided this prank. Montague could have avoided this or defended himself using his magical abilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now we've gone through like the downer pranks let's go into good pranks that we think are funny (laughs) all right um here's one that i really like this is a bit obscure more than one innocent life can be saved so this is in the third book um it's kind of hard Mm -hmm. to explain so basically when the time travel (laughs) stuff happens harry and and hermione go back and they save buckbeak (laughs) They uh, save Sirius, and, they, and then they end up coming right back into their hospital beds and pretending like nothing happened. Meanwhile, Snape has been telling the minister and like all these important people like how he saved the children and how Sirius Black is a criminal that's going to be kissed for his crimes by the Dementors, and like mm-hmm. telling this fanciful story about how Harry and Hermione are deluded, crazy children, and he and he's the hero in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then he gets told that Sirius Black has escaped, that Buckbeak has gone loose, and like all these and like all this story is basically crap. Yeah, and Snape absolutely loses his mind. <laughs> like he goes completely insane. He looks mad as hell. He is yelling and screaming. He's like, it was Potter! It was Potter with his cloak! And, and they're like, how is that possible, sir? Like, you know, 
Harry and Hermione have been in their beds all this whole time and Ron has a broken leg. And he's like, no, I know it was him. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, this energy. <laughs> so when you say more than one life can be saved, are you saying that Dumbledore set this up? Because he's the one who says that. <laughs> no, no, no. I just... No, I just use that as a descriptor for like the situation. Okay, right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, look, I love this, but... I feel like a prank needs, like, a pranker and a pranky. Who's the person who's doing this and who's the victim? Snape's the victim, obviously, but who's doing this? Yeah, I think the pr- in this situation, the pranker would be Harry and Hermione. And the pranky, unintentional, would be Snape. Because it's not like they were doing this to get at Snape. They were doing this to save Sirius and yeah. Buckbeak and all this sort of stuff. But an extra little spicy <laughs> bonus <laughs> is it gets to make Snape look really bad and crazy. <laughs> Uh, I look I love this I love the energy of it I think if it's Harry and Hermione this doesn't count as a prank because this is an unintended consequence of their actions I think if you're trying to pitch to me Dumbledore's doing this to take Snape down a peg (laughs) then I'm all over it absolutely (laughs) I mean we could frame it as such I mean Dumbledore kind of knows that this might what happens and he knows what Snape's been saying. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore knows all about the like all of the backstory and the rivalry between the Marauders and Snape. He knows all of that. He knows Lupin's story. He knows Black's story. He engineers things in such a way that Sirius will get away. Like he is the person who's masterminding and puppet puppet mastering this. What's the what do you call a puppet mm-hmm. master? Puppeteer. Puppeteering. <laughs> He's puppeteering this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he definitely knows, like, how bad Snape is going to look at the end of it <laughs> and how he's going to react. I think this is at least partially, like, his design. <laughs> all right. All right. So, yeah, that's that's um that's one of my faves. That's great. That's got to be, like, a four for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that as a four. <laughs> so good. Get fucked to Snape. I've never considered that situation as like Dumbledore fucking over Snape, but oh, I love that scene even more now. <laughs> it's so good. He literally did. Dumbledore's like, heard you were talking shit. <laughs> oh, and there's like in the books the scene where Harry and Hermione have to hide in a closet as Snape and Fudge go past, and Fudge is like, you could get an order of Merlin for this. And yes. Snape is so pleased with himself. He's pleased as fucking punch, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you came in strong, swinging hard. Okay. <laughs> I've got on my list floating cakes, Hermione drugging the, sl- oh. <laughs> the cakes with sleeping potion and getting crab and goyle. Amazing. Oh, I don't like this. Uh, it's got a little bit of that element of fat shaming to it again, which I said I hated with Dudley, but I feel like crab and goyle have it coming more. <laughs> I don't know, this to me, it reads as fat shaming mixed with roofing, and I'm not into yeah. it. I can't support it. Like, I know that, like, they're doing it for a greater cause, they want to find out who the heiress loan is, but, like, to me, the methods are too much, like, date raping. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I'm like, oh. I don't like it in the book, when they just leave the cakes out for them to find, but for me, it's the scene in the movie where they wave <laughs> their wand and they levitate the cakes up, and then the guys walk out and they see the cakes and they're like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's pretty it's funny. Just, it's just, it's funny. <laughs> Look, yeah, no, I can, I can respect. I'm going to say, though, with all the added layers and context to it, I'm going to give it a two. I was going to say one. I, like, it's the lowest on my list of good pranks for a reason. Okay. 
Wedding cakes, one. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Uh, snowballs on Quirrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not funny when it's like bullying a teacher that's already kind of nervous and stuttering, mm-hmm. but it is funny when you know that the Dark Lord is in the back of his head. <laughs> yes. Hitting Quirrell in the back of the head, not funny. Hitting Voldemort in the face, excellent. Very good. Hilarious. <laughs> very, very good. Yeah. The duality. It's it's too hard to really pinpoint because obviously the, the twins have no idea. They were just doing this because yeah. they thought it would be funny and that's a big thing of them to do. So Yeah, I have they were to, just bullying a teacher. Yeah, I have to punish that. But then also hitting Voldemort in the face, as you said, hilarious. So I'm going to give this mm-hmm. maybe like a two or two and a half. What are you thinking? I was going to say two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The bullying drags it down, but the attacking Voldemort in a really harmless way when he's completely helpless to do anything about it, amazing. Can't even scream. More people, more people should hassle Voldemort. <laughs> That's like that time that um, Hagrid like, threw Voldemort to the ground. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. We should do like best things that anyone's ever done to Voldemort. Like that child telling him his face looks like a mask. Amazing. <laughs> the true hero of the story. I think he should be bullied. That's my opinion. <laughs> yes. I want you to take that that opinion. Voldemort should be bullied and hold on to it because it's going to become relevant <laughs> in the next episode. That's a little spoiler, listener. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I've got... This might be a little bit low in my list, but I think the other things are better than this. Uh, the fireworks. The yeah. twins setting off all of the fireworks to hassle Umbridge. Oh, do you, are you including that? Because I included that on my list as, like, Fred and George's exit. Like, all the things they did there with the fireworks and the Catherine wheels and, and, like, all the stuff they're exiting from the school. No, because the fireworks happen before they exit. They oh. exit after the swamp. They get caught doing the swamp, and that's when they leave. Okay. You're, you're forgetting and remembering the movie. Yeah, that's true. Okay, mm. um, so fireworks. Yeah, I think they're great. I think they're funny. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more collateral damage than I would usually like in a prank, but I feel like it just doesn't impact anyone negatively except for Umbridge. Like, no, she's the yeah. one who has to deal with them, and she can't. They just get worse every time she tries. All of the other students are just like, eh, no classes today. Yeah. <laughs> also, Sparkler's writing out the word poo in the sky. Amazing. Very funny. <laughs> Nothing funny. Very enough. good. <laughs> so what are we giving that, like a three or four? I feel like a four, just the sheer chaotic energy of it. Yeah. Also the fact that it was helping Harry break into Umbridge's office, that yeah. elevates it for me. And the fact that it's like a prank, pranking the man, like, you know, pranking the institution. Yeah. Yeah. I love the energy. Come up. Comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. Comeuppance <laughs> is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of my like good pranks are stuff that happened to Umbridge in that mm. year. It was the year of pranks. It was a good one. All right. Here's another good one. Um, Okay, this one's tricky. Uh, Rudel was lib. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, of course! Harry getting caught going to Hogsmeade because Draco saw his head fall out from underneath the invisibility cloak. Harry rushing back from Hogsmeade all the way to Hogwarts, and the first thing that he encounters <laughs> is Snape there. And Snape is like, where the fuck have you been? Draco Malfoy just said he saw your head in Hogsmeade. How can your head be in Hogsmeade when you're meant to be having detention here in Hogwarts? And all this sort of stuff. And Harry's like, oh, I I don't know. And Snape is like, turn out your pockets and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, um, what what is it that made him think? I think you're misremembering. No, wait, yeah. So this 
this doesn't happen in third year. This happens in sixth year. Harry casts the Sectum Sempra spell That's on it. Malfoy, Sorry. who ends up injured and blah, blah, blah. And then Snape's like, how do you know that spell? Because he knows he invented it. Let me see your potions book. Mm-hmm. And Harry goes tearing off, hides his potions book yeah, in yeah, yeah. Um, Room of Requirement. And then he gets Ron's potions yeah. book. And Ron signed his name in his book with a prank quill from Fred and George. So it changes Ron Weasley to Runil Wasley. Yeah. And then Harry's like, this is my book. And Snape's like, why does it say Runa Waslib? And he's like, that's my nickname. And Snape's like, your nickname? And he's like, yeah, it's a name that your friends call you. And Snape's like, I know what a nickname is, Potter. (laughs) (laughs) The best response to that instantly would have been Harry being like, okay, well, a friend is someone who cares about (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I was getting mixed up. Um, (laughs) I think Runa Waslib, very funny. The exterior context of Harry has used dark magic mm-hmm. to seriously hurt Malfoy, and Malfoy could have died, uh, kind of puts a dampener on the whole situation for me. Also, the external knowledge that like Snape is like this half-blood prince who's written a bunch of curses into a potions book, mm-hmm. and hasn't until now figured that that could have adverse consequences yeah. for leaving it around. <laughs> he just left it in his classroom, the dickhead. Like, specifically in the pile of textbooks that students can use. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so good to be like, my nickname's Runel Waslib, and then try and pass that off as if that's at all a thing that he could get away with. <laughs> that's peak Harry Potter energy. <laughs> yeah. Runel Waslib is so iconic. The exterior around it, you're right, though, is very dark. So, yeah. I think a solid two and a half, three. I was going to say two, Yeah. Yeah, okay, two. Just the bold face, that's my nickname. Amazing. (laughs) Harry, (laughs) your energy, your vibe, incredible. Uh, I had umbridge-itis when everybody starts taking... (laughs) Everyone starts taking these skiving snack boxes, skiving snack boxes. I don't know how to say these British words. Yeah, yeah. To uh, fake sick to get out of class. And when she's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you sick? They're like, we have umbridge-itis. <laughs> Incredible. The fact no, that so good. many students do it, it's a united front. They all skip out their classes together. And then it happens so much and so often that umbridge just has to let them go. She can't stop them. She can't punish them. Too many. United we are one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big come up and big funny. Mm-hmm. Um, creativity. <laughs> Working together. Legacy. Fred and George. Amazing. They've left the school at this point. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm going to give that maybe a 4.5. Really? I love it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm I'm happy to get that high on the list. 4.5. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Bit awkward again. Uh, Dumbledore's secret weapon. So... <laughs> In order, oh. to, in order to stop now Harry, there's from, a prank. Yeah, there's a prank. In order to stop Harry from getting tortured, Hermione's like, "Wait, just tell her Harry about Dumbledore's secret weapon." And this results in Hermione leading Umbridge and Harry out of the castle onto the grounds and into the Forbidden Forest. And Harry's like, "Hermione, what the fuck are you doing?" And she's like, "I don't know. I'm just improvising. Hey, I don't know." And then it ends up in Grawp and Centaurs and Umbridge getting kidnapped and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But just the energy of like Hermione completely going off the rails and being like, ah, I guess that's just a lie. <laughs> Tricker. What I really love about this is 100% you are playing to your audience. This is what 
Umbridge is all about. She's convinced that Dumbledore's out to get the ministry. Dumbledore's got some sort of secret army or secret weapon he's using the students. Like, none of that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Hermione Hermione knows it. Hermione's acting like Borat, interacting with, like, (laughs) QAnon guys for, like, three days, living at the house in full undercover mode. (laughs) Like, that's what she's doing. Amazing. I don't know that reference, but I'm sure it's good. Uh, it's in Borat's subsequent movie film. <laughs> you've, you've seen you've seen multiple Borat films. Wow. Just learned something about my sister. <laughs> yeah, look. Okay. Borat's a problematic, weird topic, but it's also very funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Borat. Three out of five, anyway. <laughs> I, f- I feel like this is a two. Yeah. Tricking Umbridge is good, but then there's also the fact that, like, she leads them to the centaurs and then the centaurs would have killed Harry and Hermione and like, she's yeah. kind of using them. That makes me a bit uncomfortable. Rolf might've got her as well. But also she did save her friend yeah. from being tortured. Like that was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Two. We happy with that? Yeah. I'm happy with two. Okay, cool. Sunshine, daisies, butter, mellow, turn this stupid fat rat yellow. Ron, <laughs> you absolute dipshit. That's not a spell. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. I can't believe I forgot this. That's a prank because Fred and George were like, yeah, no, this is a real spell. You can use it to turn your rat yellow. That is the biggest sibling energy I can imagine. That's like, it's so good. That's like you telling me, oh, if you stare at the sun, you get special powers. Like, <laughs> yeah. If... <laughs> yeah, listeners, if you look directly into the sun without blinking, you get superpowers. <laughs> That's so good. I forgot I did that to you. <laughs> five out of five. Amazing. Look, yeah, this is a five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just the sibling energy. The light. Like, Ron, you know what spells sound like. You're <laughs> They're in Latin. They're not like this weird rhyme. Also, why does it say stupid fat rat? <laughs> No spell does that. Amazing. Yeah, it's good. It is like, um, this is something that our cousins tricked both of us with. The wish yeah. the wish chip thing. Where it's like, yep. when you're eating a packet of chips and you pull out a wish chip in quotations, which is like a chip mm-hmm. that's like got several chips stuck to it, like folded together like a mega chip. Yeah. What you do to make your wish come true is you crack the wish chip on your forehead. Yeah. And then eat it. <laughs> Yeah, you put the wish chip, the big monster chip, in the palm of your hand, you smash it into your forehead, and then you, like, like lick the crumbs out of the palm of your hand. Yeah, look, they got us. I did that for years. Because <laughs> I thought, I knew it wouldn't break my wish, but I thought it was, like, a cultural phenomenon. It was, like, a thing that everyone did. Yeah. Like making a wish on a star. I didn't think it would really come true, but it's a thing that you Yeah, do. it's a funny, fun thing that everyone does. It's a social contract. But no, it was just yeah. our cousins messing with us and giving us oily foreheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had so many people in on it as well, because that was when they were still friends with all the neighbours' kids. So there were like eight older children all telling us this is a thing that you do. <laughs> Look, they got us. Amazing. <laughs> I'll cop to it. They got us. I had I had the swamp on here. We've already discussed that. I thought the swamp was pretty funny, but we gave that a one. Okay. Um, I'm happy to hear your pitch for it if you've got a 
like another side of it you want to explore. No, I actually forgot that it was like a prank on Filch too. Yeah. I guess I liked the fact that like it could have easily been cleaned by Flitwick or McGonagall or any of the teachers, but they just left it there as like a fuck you to Umbridge. But I've already said that. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about Pease giving Umbridge hell. So when Umbridge was yeah. leaving the castle, like I think he he um, threw her with he beat her with um, McGonagall's cane, and um, yeah. that was when she was trying to leave. Had like a stocking full of chalk or something that he was using mm-hmm. to like bash her on her head so that she was covered in chalk dust. Yeah, cool. yeah. She was trying to leave quietly from the school, but Peeves caused a big ruckus and made it very noticeable that she was trying to leave quietly. It was good. Yeah. I love that because those are both things that teachers used to do to students at school. That's true. Like, yeah, yeah, you'd like cane them over the knuckles and I don't know, hitting them with chalk just seems like a thing that happened. I don't know it for sure, or, but definitely the caning. Forcing them to inhale chalk dust by cleaning all the chalk dusters. Yeah, that's definitely that's a thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So I like that he's sort of like using the tools of a teacher to like beat this terrible teacher out of the school. Yeah. That's got vibes. Good. Yeah. I'm going to give that a three. I also, there's another element to it that's very good, which is that McGonagall gave her walking stick to Peeves so that he could do this. Yeah. <laughs> that elevates it to a four for me. You're right. Just McGonagall being like, oh, he took my walking stick. I can't go after him. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Stop. Help him. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Um, Dumbledore, Dumbledore's aging line. everyone who tries to age themselves up with magic grows a beard fuck you children (laughs) fuck them kids (laughs) very good i really like someone as magically powerful as dumbledore just messing with children very good (laughs) that's like millennials messing with gen z (laughs) god yeah and it's so Uh, reversible no one gets hurt like it's it's just (laughs) it's funny it very yeah. much is just teaching you a lesson. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Growing a beard is not like growing an extra arm or something. It's not as traumatic. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, where should, I want to give I, that like a, a three, maybe? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I had down uh, Fred and George's exit from Hogwarts, the classic, like flying around on brooms and mm-hmm. yelling at Umbridge and give her hell for Miss Peeves. That's when you get the give her hell for Miss Peeves. I had that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's a classic yeah. Hogwarts moment. I really like the like the moment of Fred and George exerting some influence over Peeves, something that we know to be nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. The fact that they actually like give him a command and then he follows through with it is very impressive. It speaks yeah. to their like their nature and their stature as pranksters. They did But that. also the fact that it then inspires the entire castle and all of the students and teachers to then torment Umbridge for months. Amazing. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. during the exams. No, that was in the movie, right? Yeah, that's in the movie. Mm. It is funnier when there's during the exams, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't like that because then you're wrecking everybody's exams. Like, I mean, the school doesn't give a fuck about that. All exams are cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's a pretty good prank. <laughs> just being like, there's no exams this year. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to give Fred and George's exit a solid 4, 4.5. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say five, just because it's kind of like the most iconic Fred and George Peeves kind of moment in the entire series, I think. Yeah, so maybe 4.5 to even it out. I think it's yeah, like 4.5. Good, but I think there's better ones. Yeah. I've only got one more on my list. What are you down to? I've got three more. Oh, okay. Happen? You've gone ahead of me. Should I just say mine now, or do you want to try and split it up a little bit more? Oh, you just say yours now, I guess. Okay. So this is my number one, I think, best prank in the entire series. The Midnight Jewel. Malfoy ah. <laughs> Malfoy challenging Harry and Ron to a fight and then being like just not showing up. So they yeah. get caught. Amazing. <laughs> that is pretty funny, but it's also a shit thing to do. But for me, it's peak like Slytherin versus Gryffindor energy. Yeah, like, that is true. Tricking a Gryffindor into being like, we're going to fight. And then they get there and they just get in trouble because they're out of bounds after hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, look. You're right. It is peak Slytherin energy. Um, it is like kind of Harry's first like lesson from the the not the big bad. What's the word when it's not the big bad? Um, the... his foil rival. His foil mm-hmm. rival. Yeah, both. Yeah, of those mini boss. Mine. Mini boss is what I was looking for. Mini boss. <laughs> it's like the first lesson from Harry from his mini boss. It's like you dumbass. Like you know. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely like playing against Harry and Ron's weaknesses. Like, because mm-hmm. of course they think that Malfoy's going to really fight them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love it. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would, what would we react to? I reckon a four? I reckon a four as well. All right. And my last three. First off, I'm not sure if this counts, but I'll, I'll include it. Mm-hmm. Uh, tattoos. So Ginny pranking Ramilda Vane into thinking that Harry has a Hungarian, Hungarian horntail tattoo on his chest and that ron has a pygmy puff tattoo but you wouldn't say where yeah does this count as a prank i don't know i think pranks have to have some sort of practical element to them mm, i said this before yeah. i think just yeah. saying something to someone is not a prank it's just a joke no this is more of a tease yeah so i'm gonna yeah. remove it two more so this one is the toilet seat so in the first yeah. year um molly weasley scolds Fred and George for being so prankstery and she's like I swear to god if I get a letter from the school saying that you guys have stolen a toilet seat or something and they're like oh good idea mum that sounds fun <laughs> and they say to Ginny oh we'll send you back a toilet seat like don't be sad that we're leaving Hogwarts mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year <laughs> Harry's in the hospital wing and it turns out that Fred and George have tried to gift him a toilet seat at some point while he was <laughs> unconscious and they were asked to leave by um, Madame Pomfrey because it was unsanitary that's very good. <laughs> that is very good. The only thing that I guess I don't like about this moment is that the Hogwarts toilet seat seems like more of an in-joke in the Weasley family, and I don't quite know why they thought Harry would get that. Like, we the reader get that, because we the reader know that Harry was overhearing and eavesdropping on the Weasley's conversation, but friend George don't really know that. That is true. It's <laughs> mm. always something that's stuck with me. It's like, why did Fred and George think that Harry would get this joke? Maybe they already had the toilet seat unscrewed and they were planning to, because it was like the end of the year. They already had the toilet yeah. seat like ready and ready to go and they were planning to somehow deliver it to their mom. Mm-hmm. But while that was happening, they find out that all shit's happened and Harry's in, hosp- yeah, in the yeah. hospital wing. They hear it all from Ron and they're like, wow, you know, Harry's did this brave thing for our family and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, let's, let's give him something. <laughs> let's give him something nice. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, 
That is such a vibe. Like, <laughs> the idea that, like, oh, we're going to mail this home to Ginny because we said we would. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's funny. And then they hear that Harry's unconscious because of everything that happened with him and Ron and stuff. And they're like, oh, he deserves this. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's got the idea of, you know, when you're hanging out with your mates and you all start egging each other on into kind of a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is how Fred and George make most of their decisions. <laughs> It's like that Gravity Falls thing where, like, the president gives gives Dipper, like, the, the minus one dollar bill. He's like, oh, this is worthless. Yeah. Imagine if yeah. Harry had been conscious and they'd handed him over the toilet seat and he'd been like, oh, thanks. An avocado. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I want to put that as maybe a three. Yeah, I want to put it as a four. So maybe 3.5. Okay. 3.5 seems fair. All right. Okay, here we go. The all-up best prank, and you haven't mentioned it yet. All I'm right. very surprised. This is my favourite thing. The all-England best-kept lawn competition. <laughs> oh, my God, of course. <laughs> of course that's the best prank. Of course. So, so for those who don't remember, <laughs> Get book fucked, five. Dursley. <laughs> book five. Harry's committed some magical bullshit outside of school and he's been threatened with expulsion. And he's been told by everyone in the order to, like, stay at home. Mm-hmm. The Dursleys knock on his bedroom door and are like, and Mr. Dursley then, he's dressed all proper and he's like, we are going out. <laughs> you are to stay in your room and not to touch anything in the house. You are not to talk to anyone on the phone. All this sort of stuff. And Harry's like, mm-hmm. yep, whatever. Giving, like, one answer, resp- one word answers, all this sort of stuff. Um, Mr. Dursley yeah. leaves. They, they get in their car and they drive off. And Harry's lying there in his room and he's being, like, he's brooding. He's quite moody. And then mm-hmm. hours or so pass and he hears someone downstairs. It turns out to be the Order of the Phoenix coming to pick him up and take him away. And he's like, how did you know to come when the Dursleys would be out? And Tonks <laughs> says, oh, that was me. I sent them a letter in the Muggle Post telling them that they were the runners-up in the All England Best Lawn competition <laughs> and that they had to go to, like, Westchester or something tonight to accept their prize. <laughs> amazing oh good this, I've, just, I've been thinking about it and it's got everything it's got everything we said made a good prank comeuppance mm-hmm. fuck yeah <laughs> the amount of planning because we know that there's a massive drought going on and Tonks has been watching Harry lying in the garden yeah. bed so she's thought this out ahead of time mm-hmm. sending it through the muggle post perfect <laughs> the creativity the, fa- <laughs> the creativity the fact that this is a prank you're playing on muggles, but you're not using magic to trick no. them. You're tricking them in a muggle way. So it's not muggle baiting. No. <laughs> That's good. There's no power in that. No. And she's not tricking them because they're muggles. She's targeting an element of their personality that is very, like, mm-hmm. specific to them. <laughs> like, yes. no other person would be like, oh, wow, I'm the runner-up in the All England Basketball Born competition. I better get in my car right now with my loved ones and travel to Westchester, which is, I don't know how fucking far away, but uh, hours, hours away, away, like, to get my runner-up <laughs> prize. <laughs> like, it's got such the vibe of, like, spam emails. Like, oh my god, I've come first in this competition. Oh, I've won a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> They're so dumb. Come on, Dursleys. <laughs> this Nigerian prince wants to give us his money. <laughs> it's got a practical element as well. It's got a practical element, but no collateral. Mm-hmm. They have to drive hours away, but nobody gets hurt. No. 
They'll be fine. They'll show up at like an <laughs> empty also, hall somewhere yeah. in some little town and they'll be told there is no best England lawn competition and they'll <laughs> drive home grumpily thinking that they've been pranked by Harry, but Harry will want to be gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they get, they get embarrassed, but they don't get violently no. hurt. And also, like, it's for a good cause as well, because Harry is now free of the Dursleys and gets to go to the Order of the Phoenix headquarters. Mm-hmm. This is the best prank in the series. You're right. I can't believe I didn't think of this. Literally, when I was doing research for this episode, I'm like, oh, a list of pranks Harry Potter, and I went to the Harry Potter wiki. And the Harry Potter wiki was very sparse. There was nothing on there except for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it had A, All England Best Kept Lawn Competition, and then, then it had, like, prank objects or something else. And I'm like, okay. Wow, I can't believe that, like, this is the only thing on there. And then I'm like, you know, you're right. It should be the only thing on there. It's the best prank in the series. <laughs> it's best. It's the best prank by a mile. <laughs> Fuck, it's good. This is a 10 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we weren't going to bump the scale. I know, but it's worth it. <laughs> well, we already know our best, and we've decided on our worst, the Ton Tongue Toffee. So mm-hmm. we have achieved our mission. We've done it. <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing best lawn competition fuck i can't even remember what it's called but it's so good <laughs> get fucked dursleys you deserve it <laughs> i'm glad that like the best and worst pranks both happen to the dursleys yeah that feels right yeah it's good it's good all right i've been ria and do you know that if you crush a chip against your cheek and look into the sun, you get to go to Hogwarts? <laughs> uh, and I've been Jem, and I have umbridge-itis. <laughs> <laughs> Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.